everybody and welcome to episode 28 of the Attacking the Championship podcast. My name is Tom Butterfield, I'm your host and as ever let me welcome our resident guest. He's a certified data analyst, he's a scout, an FA licensed coach and intermediary, David Bromley. How are you David? Yeah, I'm, I'm good Tom, thanks. I notice you take, it seemed to have to take a bit of a breath I know what's coming before you before you you launch into that introduction. <laughs> but I, tell I can't say I blame you. That bit. Yeah, I've got no breath or moisture left <laughs> in my mouth. Right. So I... <laughs> you think I've got to get through all this now? Yeah, I'm all right. How are you Hopefully doing? Hopefully, that's just going to get longer and longer and longer. That intro. Mm, I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, but you've been doing okay, have you, mate? Been doing pretty well. Yeah, not too bad. You? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, Watching, I've watched a fair bit of football. Actually, I watched the um, the the Leicester Leeds game uh, yeah. last week. That was that was interesting. That was getting a lot of attention on the Championship fans group for, for sure. Uh, there was lots of people uh, giving the Leeds fans some stick for about seventy nine minutes of that game, and then <laughs> <laughs> it all turned on its head. It sure did, didn't it? I, yeah, I didn't see that coming. Well, I di- I didn't see it coming mm. at all. Did you? No, not really. Not really. Not really. I, mean, I mean, not not saying that they weren't good for the. I think they, you know, they had their fair share of the game, but it's just mm-hmm. I couldn't. If you'd have told me that it was going to end up three-one, I would have wondered where the goals. Where the, the longer it went on, mm. it looked like one of those where they just weren't going to just get their rewards. Click, no. Yeah, because they had a few a few half chances first half, didn't they? Yeah, where they they maybe could have you know Nonto made. Um, maybe could have got a shot off and ended up cutting inside and, and and losing the ball, but yeah. And then you had the the potential second goal from Leicester as well. If that had gone in, I think that probably changes the the, the game a bit. But um, but no, fair play to Leeds. They just stuck at it and kept going, didn't they? And well, they've I got think... yeah, they've got high quality players there, but I I don't know that they've quite gelled as a team yet, hmm. and that's a a pretty worrying thought. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know they they've certainly got real quality there, but yeah. sometimes I think there have been teams probably without so such quality that have, have just where things bedded in better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think they've got it. I still think they'll have enough, really. But it's going to be tight, isn't it? It's going to be it's going to be difficult, isn't it? I mean, Southampton are obviously having a bit of a a nightmare run at the moment, but they they had a worse run at the beginning of the season, didn't they? And then oh, yeah. rattled off twenty five games unbeaten. So we know they've got the quality to do it. It's just whether they can just get that consistency and and get it going. And you know, we're we're going to talk a bit about that today, aren't we? Where where last last season, everyone just seemed to just lose the plot, didn't they? Towards uh, towards you- that, so. Well, you know, it's cliche, but you could say this is definitely the business end now, mm. couldn't you? A dozen games to go or so. Yeah. Um, so, it, and this is where it's not only about the, the technical quality you've got, it's about the mental fortitude. It's about, you know, the, how you're handling the pressure, what's expected of you and teams where they've drifted a bit and less is expected. Sometimes they make these late runs don't they yeah and the teams yeah. that have always seemed to be in the box seat then they'd start looking over their shoulders and we're dealing with human beings yeah absolutely, absolutely. so um yeah i mean you know there were a number of results at the weekend that started me thinking 
because we've been talking about this, haven't we? Yeah, you, you've been sort of mentioning to me, and I think we must have said this half a dozen times in different episodes about, yeah, but what about last season? You know, mm-hmm. we can't be too sure about anything and no. overlay that onto what we always say about the championship anyway, that it's so unpredictable. And it seemed like, as you say, we got to a point last season where that teams just didn't want to get the points. No. Whoever got into sort of fourth, <clears throat> fifth or sixth just dropped straight out again, didn't they? And then yeah. another team got in and they dropped out. And exactly. I think, uh, yeah, it was just it was just typical championship, typical championship completely. Yeah, I mean, looking at the weekend, you know, Plymouth going to Middlesbrough after being soundly beaten really at home by West yeah. Brom and turning Middlesbrough over, I didn't think, I didn't see that coming. No. Um, of course, Millwall going to Southampton. You know, you can call it a new manager bounce or an old manager bounce, I suppose. <laughs> um, but you know, these no. things again, you just wouldn't have wouldn't have no. imagined it, would you? No, a month ago you wouldn't have even considered it, would you? But no. um, and and even then, even with Southampton <clears throat> being in their bit of a dodgy run, you know, Mill haven't been going well. They haven't looked good. Not at all. Um, no. To get getting away win there, that's a priceless one, especially yeah. considering. It seemed that everybody in the bottom seven won apart from Stoke, didn't they? Yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, we, you can't write anybody off, really, can you? No. I mean, we're talking about the top end most of the time, but looking down at the at the lower end of the, of the division, it's a brave man or woman to say, yeah, well, I know who's going down. Yeah. Because I think there's going to be, there'll be at least one, I think, surprise or upset. Mm-hmm at that end won't they if not two and i well we we know that the strongest instinct human instinct there is is the survival instinct so i think when you're when you're scrapping down there and you've maybe got your career on the line or or the club's future on the line that's going to be a much stronger pull for you than it is to get promoted you know we, we try and avoid failure much more than we try and get success so um, those teams down there will will find another five, ten, fifteen percent, and um, and maybe they'll prove our flip flop rule to be correct. <laughs> maybe. Well, that's a good point you made there. Really, I hadn't really thought about it in relation to you know to football, but you're right. I mean, we 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 prize what we have over the opportunity of get, of getting something more, don't we? We tend Absolutely. to. You know, yeah. nobody wants to lose a tenner and they'll give up the possibility of winning a tenner and quite yeah, readily. to lose one. Yeah. But, sure. um, and it probably does apply, you know, when you're scrapping at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. For everyone except Rotherham. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna say Rotherham are done. Unfortunately yeah. for Rotherham fans, it's not that I have anything against your club. I just think you'll probably, they'll probably all agree with me anyway, that they, they look dead and buried. And It's, it's a big game, wasn't it, the QPR monument. game? Yeah, it yeah was. so it was. Uh, it, it's going to be real tough for them. I, I can't really see them getting out of it, really. No, it's, it's a big it's a big gap now. Yeah, um, but yeah, any anyone else? We mm. were saying just before we came on to air here, weren't we? That you know, Watford and, and Middlesbrough are only nine points out of the relegation zone. Yeah, <laughs> they're not that far off of. I think they're probably closer to. Uh, the the playoffs just or, or, or yeah. close to so it's it's not much different but um, no and I it's... think we're, we're going to see actually that you know things can you can get on a little run 
uh-huh. for better or worse. Yeah. And uh, this is the time when it seems to sort of really kick in, doesn't it? Absolutely. Squeaky bum time, as they say. Squeaky bum time, yeah. <laughs> sure, right. Good stuff. Well, yeah. how about you take us through it then, David? Well, you, as I say, you mentioned to me in the week, didn't you, that we've, mm-hmm. you've been thinking about it. And I think a few people have been asking about, you know, what we think might happen and and trying to sort of cast our minds back to last season. Sometimes when you do this, you don't you don't quite remember it the way it was. Sometimes yeah. you think it's one way and then you look it up and find that, oh, it's not quite what I remember. That's but, right. I, yeah, I thought it would be really interesting to try and go back. What I, Effectively, what I've done is we're at match day 34 in this season now. So what I tried to do is to recapture the position at last season's match day 34, so mm-hmm. the 22-23 season. So we started off by taking a look at the the championship table as it was then. And I think it was about the 3rd of March last year was the corresponding, the most, the closest corresponding week. Because mm-hmm. this, this as, as it stands at the moment, everyone's played 34 games apart from Middlesbrough and Birmingham. That's right, yeah. This time last year, um, more or less, we had a, the, the closest we had was, was, this date, the 3rd of March, and, and most teams had played 34, and few had played 33, um, Hull had played 35, and a couple had only played, I think, or one had only played 32, Huddersfield. So it was, but it's as close as I could get it, really. Mm-hmm. So we took a look at, I took a look at the league table at that point, and looking at the top, Burnley and Sheffield United were, you know, pretty comfortable in first and second. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next four in the playoff places were Middlesbrough, Blackburn, Millwall and Luton. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the bottom three were Huddersfield, Blackpool and Wigan. Mm-hmm. And then, so what I've done is, if you've listened to the previous, I think it was last week's episode where we talked about the Golden Boot winner or the one before right. yeah. Yeah, last, last week. week. Uh, it's just, it goes yeah, so fast now. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we talked about the way that we tried to come up with a sort of prediction and we we looked at the strength of the remaining games that these players had got to play and whether the games were at home and away. And then we looked at... So we tried to come up with a, a prediction based on some sort of, you know, sound logic. And so I've used that same logic for, for what it's worth this time, but I projected it back and said, OK, this time last year in the Championship... Obviously, the, the teams had more or less the same number of games left as they've got now. Um, uh, but there would be a spread again of relatively more difficult, relatively easier games. Some would be at home, some would be away. And I came up with a, a predicted league table, uh, league finish. And that predicted league finish will sort of circle back at the end and use that this season again, just sort of remind ourselves where we, where we are now. But that predicted league finish for last season had Burnley and Sheffield United remaining in first and second place. Mm -hmm. Um, And it had Middlesbrough, Millwall, Blackburn and Norwich. So um, I think that was, apart from Norwich, um, that was similar to the way it was Mm -hmm. this time last season. So all it really did was it switched over Luton and Norwich and said, well, we think... 
that Luton will drop down a place and Norwich will, will go up a place. But it was yeah. so tight. I think they even had them, had them on the same number of points. So it was very tight. We had Millwall drop out as well, didn't we? Well, so this this was what yeah. this was the prediction. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Right, yeah. I so the prediction you. was our sort of prediction, as I say, yeah. was yeah. that it would stay more or less the same, except Norwich and, and Millwall would change places. Gotcha. I'm with you. In fact, it had Millwall finishing fourth. But as far yeah. as the playoffs were concerned, the four teams were Middlesbrough, Millwall, Blackburn, and, and Norwich. I'm so then you. what I tried to do was say, well, okay, let's should we have a little closer look? Of what actually happened, because as you rightly say, what actually happened from there was Luton ended up in third. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather than seventh where we had them, they yeah. they climbed up a few places. Middlesbrough stayed in stayed in fourth as opposed to third where we had them. Coventry came up mm-hmm. into fifth, who were previously well, we had them twelfth, right? Um, and Sunderland came in sixth, and we had them tenth. So there was a bit of shifting around. And so yeah, the first yeah. thing you know, I noticed was, yeah, well, actually, we did remember it fairly fairly accurately. <laughs> there was some switching around. Blackburn and Millwall dropped out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so there was a, there was some change down at the bottom. Now, Reading, what we've got to be careful of, because I had a little bit of a, hang on, these numbers are not adding up. And then I realised Reading and Wigan were both dot points, weren't they? That's right. So, yeah, they were. In the end, it ended up at the bottom, Reading, Blackpool and Wigan. So Reading were in there instead of Huddersfield, which is what we'd predicted. But I think a a fair bit of that was probably to do with the points deduction. Yeah, I think you're right. So that's kind of, that was the next sort of step. So then I thought, well, let's have a look and see if we can sort of dig into um, why we think these changes came about and what might have and where where they might have mostly been um what might be mostly responsible for them and the, the two things i looked at were goals scored and conceded mm-hmm. at home and away and points per match at home and away because as we've said before and we looked at before you can find that some it's not necessarily across the board if a team as a good or a bad run, it can be related to something much more specific than just saying, oh, well, they've just got, they've lost their form. Yeah. So I tried to dig into this um, and I've got, I've, I've sent you some, some of these little charts and things and, um, you know, the good old scatter plots, which I seem I to be, yeah. well, yeah, they're, they're, they're quite good because at this time of year, I think you, they meet they're meaningful aren't they because we've got quite a bit of data um for the season and i think you can look at them and get a pretty good idea straight away Definitely. what's going on but so what we've got is we've got the first of all this is home and away mm-hmm. and this is showing the performance from match day 34 to the end of the season only so it's not taking into account anything that happened before the 3rd of March last year. It's just taking into account the last, whatever it is, 12, 13 games for each of the teams. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to pin down where things might have gone right or wrong. So we've got the teams are obviously occupying the position. It's the good old top right-hand corner where yeah. we always want to be. So you'll notice that as far as these goals goals scored and goals conceded are concerned, 
you know, Coventry, for example, mm. their goals scored per match was had increased considerably from that March, beginning of March to the end of the season. So that's a good sort of clue as to, you know, why they managed to make the playoffs. But we'll dig, we'll dig a bit deeper. Um, Middlesbrough also scored. They, they improved their goals scored per match. Cardiff did as well. Um, so anything to the right-hand side of this chart is an indicator that, you know, they're, they're scoring more goals than they were previously. Yeah. These are related to, to their previous performance rather than to each other. Okay. So, you know, it may be that, that these, some of these teams are not scoring massive numbers of goals, but compared with what they were before March, this is the improvement. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you've got Swansea and Huddersfield. Um Preston are in there all having improved their goal scoring. Mm-hmm. Black, Blackpool, Sunderland, Stoke, really, they're the teams that, you know, were were better on the goal scored dimension after mm-hmm. March than they had been. And then if you look at the other dimension, which is the, the, the number of goals conceded, you want to be up above the middle line here. Okay. So this is the redu- reducing the number of goals that, that each of these teams are conceding. And at the top... We've got we actually Wigan are pretty high up yeah. compared to what they'd been before. Luton had been these so these are tightening up their defences generally across the board, home and away. Swansea, um, Birmingham, Burnley, and then it gradually sort of dropping down to around about the same. Sheffield United and Huddersfield had done better. Rotherham had done a bit better, and then it's getting to the sort of middle line. And the middle line, well, this middle point is just a team that is producing the same sort of outcome post-match day 34 as they were pre-match day 34. Gotcha. So that's a sort of overview of of where you, you know, of where these teams are. Where you don't want to be mm-hmm. is down in this bottom left-hand quadrant. Yes. Where we can see Norwich, for example, who, you know, the goal scored really took a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, Reading again, similarly. Um Funnily enough, Burnley had seemed to find it more difficult in that final period than they had done scoring goals. Um, but they'd they'd managed to tighten up their defence better. So so this is where you don't want to be, really, the Reading, Norwich, QPR quadrant. Mm-hmm. So that's a sort of overview of, well, irrespective of whether they're home or away, and purely from a goal scored and conceded perspective, that's a sort of breakdown of where these teams were. But you can learn more as you start digging a bit deeper. Nice, so yeah. what I then did... Let's get our shovels. A, yeah, so <laughs> I produced the same chart, but looking just at the home games. Mm-hmm. And it gets a bit sort of busy, this one. But mm. it, in fact, it's the same idea. It's saying, look, you know, looking purely at the home games, which teams have scored, managed to score more than they previously were, Middlesbrough is the one that, you know, really jumps out at you. Preston seem to get their shooting boots on at home. Mm-hmm. And then again, you know, there's a few that have done slightly better. Blackpool, Sunderland, Cardiff. Um, these teams have done slightly better at home for goal scoring. Um, and then the teams that had reduced the goals they were conceding at home were Wigan, Luton, Birmingham, I think Rotherham are in there, and Hull, I suppose, are, are the main ones. Some of the teams had done that slightly. Yeah. Where you don't want to be 
you're starting to see that Millwall's form, surprisingly to, for many people at home last season, in this last sort of quarter of the season, had started to slip where they were scoring fewer goals at home than they previously were. And they were conceding a lot more or, you know, quite significantly more at home. And that's not something that had been anyone had been used to seeing at Millwall, is it? No, that's right. And I think Millwall fans would go, yeah, we 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 kind of picked up on that. So that's the that's the sort of home breakdown. And then you can look at the away breakdown and see that to score to improve your goal scoring away from home, that's quite a tough thing to do in the final quarter. Coventry got their act together. I mean, they're they're probably the outstanding, mm. you know. So it's starting to tell the story because we're starting to say, hang on. Coventry managed to haul themselves up from mid-table into the playoffs. How did they do that? Well, yes, they were scoring more goals, but they were scoring more goals away from home predominantly rather than necessarily at home. Because if you go back to the previous chart, I think Coventry are sort of about what you'd have expected. Well, about, about, about what they've been before, really. Yeah, But they suddenly managed to sort of again, you know, find their their aim. So Coventry were had improved their goal scoring away, as had Cardiff, um, Blackburn up to a point, Stoke up to a point, and then sort of marginally Huddersfield, Swansea. Mm-hmm. Um, and the teams that had improved their or tightened up their defences away were Sunderland, Huddersfield, um, Rotherham, Bristol City, Coventry as well, because Coventry are up in this nicely in this yeah. right hand quadrant, top right quadrant. So they've on both dimensions they've improved away from home. So their away form, you can see just by looking at where they are on this this plot, you know, the goals scored and goals conceded has been has improved, hasn't it? Yeah. Um and again, goal away from home actually, there weren't too many that there's no one uh, in that. Bottom no, the, the corner is there? Not really. No, nobody that you'd say. Well, there's a, a clear sort of you know falling away. Um, so some had some had done better at scoring and and not so well at uh, and not so well at conceding. Like the Blackburn had started to concede goals away from home as well as score, and so had Cardiff. So that would account for the fact that although they were scoring, but they were. They were probably more open generally, the games they were playing. Um, whether they turned into points, we'll see. Because you, you might wonder if they did. Whereas your Coventry's, you would expect those to turn into points, wouldn't you? Oh, for sure. Um, so that's that's your away form. We'll put these up, you know, on the, won't we? I say we. Yeah, You'll definitely. put them up. <laughs> yeah, we'll get them up there. And then I look, started to look at the, the, the points per game. So this is, again, is going back to just home and away across the board. This is, again, just the changes in points per match for each of the teams. So you can immediately see that Huddersfield, Swansea and Luton Hmm. are the three teams that overall, home and away, improved their return in points per game in that last quarter of the season over what they previously managed. And Reading, Norwich, and probably Millwall and Blackburn and Watford really had, had been the ones that had f- sort of fallen away. 
And I mean, these are the really important things, aren't they? Because goals are are important, but you can you can let three goals in and still win. Yeah. Um, but it's points per game that you can't run away from that one, can you? No, that's right. Um, but so across the board, that's we can see sort of where which ones stand out there. And then again, it's quite interesting once you start digging into the home and away. So at home, Wigan, Preston, um, Luton and Swansea were the big, the biggest improvers yeah. in points per game at home. Whereas, what's that? Reading, mm-hmm. Blackburn, Millwall again, Norwich again. Probably the same for at home. Yeah. Their home form had just, you know, yeah, evaporated really. Um, and then you can see away from home again, Huddersfield had improved, I think, in line with their, I don't know if it was goals scored or goals conceded, I can't remember, but so Huddersfield had improved their away return, Coventry had, so when we talk about Coventry, I think we're going to find it's mostly away that everything changed. Mm, Yeah. Coventry, Sunderland. So these two, Coventry and Sunderland, made the playoffs from lower down and they both improved their away forms quite, quite considerably. And if you look at their home form, Coventry actually got slightly fewer points per game Mm. after the match day 34 than they had previously at home, Mm. and so had Sunderland. So it was down to their away form. That's what got them in the playoffs. Interesting. And if you look at the two that dropped out, Millwall, home form was was poor. It fell away, didn't it, sharply? Um, As did, I believe... Norwich as well, wasn't it? As did Blackburn, yeah. Yeah. And Norwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas, and I don't know, Millwall, Millwall did slightly better away from home after match day 34, but not well enough to... Yeah. It didn't um, feel that way, did it? It felt like they no. just dropped like a stone. But it looks like it was their home form. See, Blackburn was mm. had fallen a bit as well, both home and away. They, they'd fallen away. But, um, and then we said Nor- and Norwich was 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 also not great either at home. Mm-hmm. But it seems like Millwall, it was all about that home form yeah. that turned. Actually, I think from memory, Millwall had played Blackburn on the last game of the season That's at right, Millwall. They Millwall and it wasn't, up, they, they? Were, they were well up. I think, there, was it two or three at half-time? I think it was 3-0 at half-time. And, they, and it fell apart. And it, But yeah. it had been falling apart for both those clubs. Yes. You know, it was because not very long before that, Blackburn were looking pretty strong mm-hmm. um and it you know it just it, those two you couldn't script it better really could you no it was a, um it was some some game that so the home you know so we've got the biggest risers overall coventry swansea huddersfield luton and sunderland mm-hmm. biggest fallers from this point only remember norwich blackburn millwall watford qpr and reading and and from those teams there that dropped out yeah, You'd probably say certainly Norwich, Blackburn, and Millwall, but probably Watford as well were in that playoff shake-up, weren't they? They were, yeah, definitely they were. So things started to go wrong there. Was it like we've touched on? Was it more something other than you know they might have lost a player or two? I don't, I can't say I can remember all the shenanigans with you know no. injuries and. This and that from last year for every team, but 
is it was it largely to do with the pressure and you know we know that's a factor don't we oh for sure yeah and then the home teams the ones that were struck the ones that rose at home Luton Preston West Brom we mm-hmm. haven't really meant mentioned who went from eighth eighth in the home league to fifth in the home league mm-hmm. and Huddersfield dragged themselves up these are the number of places they rose by um Norwich, Reading and Hull at home were the biggest fallers. Um and then the away teams we already mentioned, Coventry went went on a little run away from home, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and that took them up from nineteenth place in the away team table to seventh. Wow. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Maybe one of those places was Reading, and that might have been as a result of the points deduction i'm not sure but neither, nevertheless it's just a phenomenal rise in there oh, for sure swansea went up from 15th in the away team late uh, table to 10th five places birmingham went up three places huddersfield went up three places and then the biggest fallers away from home watford down nine places you know they were previously ninth and they ended up mm. 18th in the away team league table um, Hull, they dropped four places. Middlesbrough, Millwall, Blackburn, and Wigan all dropped three places. Um, so I was looking at each of these teams and just sort of seeing what happened to each of them and what it was really what was responsible. So the big risers, Swansea, it was home and away. They scored more goals and conceded fewer goals at home. So that they did better on both fronts. That was responsible. And away the same, so everything improved for Swansea. I remember they they had a really good run, didn't they, towards the end of yeah. the season? They came from sort of down in the bottom half of the league all the way up to very close to the the playoffs in the end, didn't they? They did, they did, because they didn't have a great start, did they at all? No, no, they didn't. But everything got better for them mm-hmm. with Coventry. Um, there, it was down to their away form. Both goals scored and fewer goals conceded. Yeah. Huddersfield, it was hard to see, really. It was marginal on both, really. Okay. Sunderland, it was down to their away form. Fewer goals conceded away from home. Not They didn't score particularly at a better rate. They just mm-hmm. tightened up their defence away from home. Gotcha. Luton, it was about their home form, really. Both goals scored and fewer goals conceded. Um, and then the fallers, it's quite interesting to look at it this way, really. Norwich, again, everything seemed to, well, it was it was goal scored was the problem at home. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just dried up at home and they conceded more away. So it was a kind of, you know, that's going to hit you, isn't it? Because you're yeah, expected sure. to score at home and you're expected to try and tighten up away from home. And yeah. when both of those um, attempts are, Damage. There's only one way you're going, really. Um, Blackburn, fewer goals scored at home, more goals conceded away, the same as as Norwich. I think it's a killer, that. Oh, definitely. Because you could say, look, supposing um, supposing you, you, you can start to concede more goals at home, you might think, well, yeah, but we, we're at home, you know, we can score at home. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to be... You don't want to, your goals don't want to be drying up at home. And once you concede away, it's really tough then, isn't it? Yeah, it's hard to turn it around, isn't it? Yeah. 
Millwall, it was all down to their home form, and it was both goals scored and goals conceded that were hit. So that was, you know, QPR, it's down to their home form, just scored fewer goals. And Reading, again, on, on both home and away, fewer goals scored, more goals conceded away, the killer killer punch, really, for them. So it's quite interesting to dig into that, I think, and rather than just say, oh, this is what happened, mm-hmm. try and figure out, you know, what you think might have been a, as a result of it. And then I said we'd sort of circle back. So what I've tried to do at the end, Tom, is just like, so this is where we are now, match day 34, and obviously this is the league table. And using the same sort of logic as we did to try and predict last year's league table, this is our current sort of prediction of where the teams might end up. So what have we got? We've got Leicester winning the league on 104. Ipswich coming, well, Ipswich and Leeds on 94 points. Yeah. And I I was a bit surprised at that. And that can Mm. only be as a result of the games they're playing, the teams they've got left to play and whether they're home and away. We we had, I had a little look back at our previous episodes where we looked at the strength of the running and we saw that Ipswich actually had quite a relatively easy running at home and easier away games, didn't we? Leeds weren't yeah. far behind them, to be fair. I, mm. I think maybe their, their home games were difficult, but their away games were supposed to be relatively easy, if anything is easy in the championship. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that that will be interesting to see how that plays out. Because again, yeah. we were we were looking at where Ipswich when they had their little wobble relative to how well they've done before. We noticed that it was their uh, their attacking output had reduced, didn't it? It'd gone down from I think their game changer score in the hundred and forties down to the mid one twenties. I think it was, and they seemed to combat that by getting uh, Al Hamadi from. AFC Wimbledon and then bringing in Kiefer Moore as well who he's looked pretty good to be honest I think he's looked like a really good uh, sort of foundation piece or an anchor up front for everyone to play off of yeah so um so yeah it'll be interesting to see how they how they recover and and respond and and keep keep pushing on really yeah they're scoring goals aren't they they are scoring you can't you can't criticize them for that can you No, no exactly um so that that seems to suggest that perhaps there's still a big battle on between Leeds and, and Ipswich. Mm. I mean, we know there's a battle anyway, but um so that's got Leicester, Ipswich, Leeds, Southampton, West Brom, and Norwich. So it's still saying it thinks Norwich. Um and wow. again, this is to do with what they've done home and away, the, the strength of the teams they've got left to play. I was a bit surprised, you know. I thought Hull. I, this what this won't be able to. Well, what this doesn't do is it doesn't factor in recent momentum. Yeah. So, and I guess it's something we could add to it, but it doesn't do that. It doesn't take the last, say, five games and mm-hmm. factor that in, because I think with with that in mind, you might be a bit more bullish on Hull, mightn't you? Yeah, I thought they looked. Decent the other day against um, at home to West Brom. I thought they looked like yeah. a good side. Uh, lots of attacking potential, you know, with Carvalho, Zururi, and, and Philogene. I thought they looked pretty dangerous. Carvalho's goal was just pretty much out of nothing, wasn't it? It was just a great strike. 
Was uh, so yeah, I, I thought they looked pretty solid around that as well with with Seri in in midfield and their their defensive there they looked pretty strong as well. They did. I mean, as you say, um, this this that that's factoring in the January window business, mm. isn't it? Yeah. And we haven't done that here, uh-huh. so that's I would say probably something we ought to think about. I mean, at the bottom, <laughs> it's still got Sheffield Wednesday in as the twenty second place, mm-hmm. and again, I think they're probably a candidate for a bit of a recent um, momentum yeah. factor because I've got to say. I rather like their recent form over and above Stoke, oh, who we've sure. got in at twenty first, just outside the bottom three. Yeah, um, yeah, and being but out, it's going to be tight down there. It it certainly is, and you know you've got everyone. I mean, Rotherham aside, you know, I don't want to get on Rotherham's no. case, but they they do look dead and buried. What they're sixteen points, yeah, out of it at the moment, and I seventeen now, gonna, yeah. yeah, yeah, seventeen now, yeah, yeah so it's so only, only going to grow. Um, and uh, it can be yeah, hard I'd, to pull that back in in thirteen games yeah, or something. Exactly, and, and I think psychologically games. that result away at Ipswich as well is yeah put a bit of a nail in the coffin before that QPR game because they they come off of that even if they come out of that with a point that maybe sends them into that that game with a bit more bit more hope and then to lose to QPR that's that's a massive that's massive a hammer swing, blow yeah. It? Yeah, it really is. Well, it's the old six-pointer, isn't it? Yeah, it's a yeah, that's, cliche. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, every yeah. everyone else, I mean, everyone else won apart from Stoke, didn't they? You know, QPR beat they did. Plymouth, Huddersfield, Millwall. Yeah, Plymouth, yeah you're right. Millwall. So it just it's just concertinaed that whole league, and and now you've got Watford, Bristol City, and Middlesbrough in eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth, who yeah. are, I believe, closer to relegation. Than they are to the playoffs, which is yeah. There's not much in it. Crazy, Watford and it? Bristol City are more or less equidistant, aren't they? Really, yeah. within yeah, within a point in the, in so the middle there. So it could would could one of them put together a run significant enough to squeeze into the playoffs? I don't know. Mathematically, it's definitely it's possible. Possible, isn't it? and um, and you could say that the next two results for those teams, good or bad will make all the difference, won't they? Yeah. You know, Watford, Bristol City or Middlesbrough, they put two wins together, then all of a sudden, you know, they're they're in in with a shout. And if they lose two, then they could find themselves extremely close <laughs> yeah. to the uh, to the bottom three. Well the other thing as well is if you're if you're if you if you're setting your sights on the playoffs, you want to be beating teams who are also looking at those places. Uh-huh more than you want to be beating teams that are either way up the top or way down the bottom, really, because you're damaging their chances as well as improving your own. And the same is the case if you're trying to avoid relegation. You want to be beating the teams around you. Yeah. I mean, not to say you don't want – you want points, so Mm. that's it. But It just just means that much more, doesn't it? If you beat those around you, it's it's a massive swing. Yeah. So, that I mean, and that should be factored into these – Mm-hmm. figures but i mean i don't i don't know yeah there'll be some some juicy games coming up no doubt won't there do you think on on recent momentum we're saying we've not really put momentum in there we've got leads in second or, or third they're equal points with ipswich 
momentum wise, you know, they're six points off Leicester now, having been 12. Yeah. Would you be surprised to see Leeds on 104 points at the end of the season? Uh, well, I'd be, a, I don't know, I'd be a bit surprised just because they've got to get, they've got to get those extra six points back, uh-huh. haven't they? But yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know that I could see both teams, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we did talk about this earlier, didn't we, in the season mm. about um, whether they're going to be two teams that break that 100-point barrier. It uh-huh. could happen. Yeah. It could happen. I mean, it, they've. it's hard to see where the losses are going to come from. Sure. Isn't Especially it? in the form the form that Leeds are in at the moment. Yeah. And, and Leicester looked good against Leeds. And I think if, they, if they're if they playing against anyone else, any other team in the league on that night, then they probably go away with a with a relatively comfortable victory, don't they? Yeah, I'd have thought. Yeah, I agree. And there was there was a question that came up in, in the group, actually. Uh, I, I think I sent it through to you. That said, is the top four of the championship this season better than the current bottom four of the Premier League? Yeah, it's a tantalising question, isn't it? So um, let's let's have a look. So who's in the bottom four of the of the Premier League at the moment? We've got um, you've got is it Sheffield Sheffield United at the yeah. at the bottom, haven't you? And then we've got Burnley, and then Luton and Notts Forest going up in that order. So three of the teams that went up last season mm. put those into the Championship this season. How well are they? How well are those three teams doing, do you think? <laughs> you know what? It's so difficult to, to tell because Isn't it? of the change in personnel yeah. as they go over that, mm-hmm. up, you know, up the cliff to into the Premier League. I mean, you yeah. take Nottingham Forest. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to compare the Nottingham Forest team that went up from the Championship or the squad mm-hmm. with these teams now, I would say some of these teams will be stronger than that. For sure. But then... They've done so much business. I mean, they've done too much business, really. Yeah. Um, but they've done so much business there that it makes it very difficult to think of them as they're not the same team. They're not it's the same totally squad. Isn't it? And because they don't play each other, mm-hmm. you can't even get really get a bearing, can you, from no. the results of games against each other. I mean, Sheffield United, again, you know, Burnley cruised the division last year, really, didn't they? Yeah. Um, so I think there'd be, I I just don't know how you get to answer the question because the trouble with it is inevitably the squads just change because we know if you've, if you're going to give yourself half a chance in the Premier League, you just need to refresh the squad, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, just a such a tough in, one. A solid player in the championship has got the chance of being completely overrun in the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. What what do you think? Do you know what? I I don't know because Burnley played great football, you know, possession style, you know, really, really good stuff. And they've tried to do that in the Premier League and they've been found out massively, Mm. haven't they? Yeah. But I, I applaud them for the fact that They've got a way they want to play and they're going to stick to that come hell or high water. And I, and I think that's actually a good thing to have that identity 
Mm. And say this is this is what we want our club to be. We don't want to just be short term, you know, hand to mouth results focused. We're looking at building something here, and I think Luton are the same. Yeah, um, I don't think they'll be. They won't be happy about being relegated if they do get relegated. But I do believe that there'll be there won't be massive changes and shifts in in what the club does. They'll just come back and do the same again the next next season but in a stronger position for having built that financial uh, security if you like yeah Sheffield United I'm I'm not sure really what's going on there I, I think even though they're on the same amount of points as Burnley I don't get the same feeling from from their future as I do from Burnley I think Burnley have got a very good chance that they could just pop straight back up again um where it might depend United... a bit on the manager mightn't it, it sure you know because um, yeah. I think he, you've got to give him really the credit for making the decision not only to to do what they've done this year, but to do what they did last year. Because mm-hmm. a lot of te- people were saying, you can't come out of the Premier League and think that you can just play your way out of the championship. Yeah, You've got to get to grips with the championship. But they didn't. They said, no, we're going to. Yeah, we're going to go for it. Get the ball down, pass it, you know, mm-hmm. play our way out. And they did. Yeah. And didn't they just? No. And a lot of people sure felt, well, it's all right for somebody who spent his career playing for Man City or a lot of his career, mm. but he'll find, he'll find it's different. But, you know, it's so, yeah, I mean, it's so difficult, isn't it, to really predict yeah. it? I, I but think I, that- I wouldn't disagree with anything you've said. I think. The Sheffield United situation is a little bit less. You're, you're a little bit less certain of what the plan is there. Yeah, yeah. For than sure. you are at, at Burnley, aren't you? And I, I think this Notts Forest team that's in the Premier League at the moment, I think that would get promoted without any shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I think that would be up in the top top two. But what sure would happen? If, were they to come down, mm-hmm. what would actually happen to that squad? Yeah, that's the thing. It would be dismantled and decimated, wouldn't it? Yeah, so, you wonder whether, what would the squad actually look like? Yeah, it, it is really comparing apples and oranges, isn't it? It is a bit, yeah. I mean, it, it's a nice it's a nice thing to to discuss and think about. And it's great for the clubs who are coming up because I think they'll they'll feel, you know, very positive and, and, and happy that they're, they're going to come up and, and move forwards. But the reality is that most of those players who get them up probably not going to see many minutes in the Premier League when they come through. Mm. Um, and they're probably going to find themselves back on loan at a championship team or, or sold to a championship team and, and vice versa. The team, the players coming down from the Premier League probably ain't going to see many championship minutes because they're going to be out the door. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to cover there, David? Well, I don't know. I think, I don't know whether we've, hopefully we've sort of shown a bit of a light on, you know, where we were this time last year. Mm-hmm. That was the idea, wasn't it, really, yeah. to say where were we then and what happened afterwards and what was it down to and what can you draw, what what yeah. what, me- what messages can you draw from that? Only really the message is don't give up if you're in 10th place or mm-hmm. yeah. something. Um, don't assume if you're in 5th or 6th place that, you've done the job. I mean, not that the players will, but, you know, if you're a fan of a team in the playoff, in and around the playoffs, 
it's a salutary exercise to look back and go, yeah. well, yeah, but we, you know, the Millwalls and the Blackburns were were looking pretty solid there last 36 year. 36 points still to play for. Yeah. You, you know, if, if a team hoovers up 36 points or even 30 of those points, you know, it's a big, it's a big amount. And, and if you can get your act together at home or away, and if it can be related to scoring or, or tightening up the defence, Mm-hmm. That could be the the thing that's that's responsible for getting you on that run you need to get sure. on. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't necessarily mean you've suddenly got to, you know, sudden something, everything's got to change. It can just be um, if you can find your shooting boots or you can tighten up a little bit here yeah. and there, it you can be enough. Be what would be interesting is seeing how important the first goal is. Um, you know, and, and coming mm. down towards the is the is the first goal scored more important in the last twelve games than it is in the previous, you know, yeah. thirty-four games, and and see if if that changes the, you know, the motivation of of players or or the mm. the resolve of players, you know, and, and does that correspond to the position in the league they are and and all that sort of thing? Because yeah, it could well be you get down to the last you know eight games. Yeah, you're you're looking for promotion, and all of a sudden you've got a goal down. It's like oh, you know, and the pressure just gets on yeah. you. Or if you that's re- a good that's a good point. That's a good that's a good question, and I don't know how I'm going to yeah. I'm going yeah. to address it because I'm going to need some information again, that yeah. <laughs> but no, it, it. But you're right. It, these are the things that I think you don't necessarily appreciate when you just look at. Uh, what's happened do you 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 look at the league table and you just think oh well you know these teams went up this number of places these yeah. teams went but was it was it driven by something this is what we're really asking isn't it yeah. what's the driver of it mm-hmm. with coventry you could say the driver seemed to be their away form yeah got their away form nailed down mm-hmm. um and even within that sometimes you can say not necessarily in the case of coventry but you could say it was down to them managing to score away or score at home where they hadn't previously done so freely or the opposite, that they managed to tighten up their defence and everything else stayed the same and yet up they went yeah, um, or down they went if they if it went the other way. Yeah. So we're looking for the driver of it. Yeah, so you, as you say, could it be, I mean, we know the, the first goal is important, don't we? We know that. Mm-hmm. Um in the game now, it, it can be frustratingly so, can't it? Sometimes mm-hmm. when games seem to, it can be killed a bit by yeah. one the wrong team scoring first. Yeah, yeah. If you're a neutral and you're watching the game and you think, well, you know, I don't want this team to score because I think that then it's just, this is just going to happen. And then, sure, yeah. But yeah, it, we could maybe try and look at something like that. And other things that might be, a little bit under the surface. That I think they're the most interesting things to delve into, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. There was mm. a stat that came up with the Hull and West Brom game where in the games where, or the previous away games, where, where West Brom had conceded the first goal, they'd drawn two and lost nine of those 11 games. I remember seeing that. that and that's, yeah. And that's yeah. a stat you look at and you, and you think, God, you know, it's, a, it's a, not a great stat. But then you also think, well, reverting to the mean, they're a, they're a better team than that 
generally you know you wouldn't mm. expect to see that same statistic at home at the end of the day they're in fifth so you of course you're not going to see that yeah but um but if they could turn that around and if that was to come back to somewhere near the normal they they could have a coventry type run couldn't they yeah where all of a sudden their away form you know picks up and if their home form stays where it is then who knows they could be pushing way up uh, the reversion to the mean tends to be more related to natural variants. So it mm. tends to be more related to things where there isn't really a a, a driving force, if you see. Mm. I don't know if yeah. I've made sense there, but yeah, sometimes yeah. when you get those things, there's there's a reason for them. Yeah. You know, sometimes you you look at it and you say, well, actually, there's a reason why, because of the style of play that let's take West Brom. I mean, I don't know if this is the case or not, but it could be that you go, well, the reason they struggle when they go behind is because they like to suck the opponents in and play through the press. Yeah. And when they go a goal behind, it's much harder to get the opponents to press you because they yeah. don't need to. Yeah. You've got to make the running then and their style of play and their strength relies on being able to hit you when you're attacking and you're out of shape sure so that could be related to why they find it so difficult in those circumstances yeah so that um, could that could relate back to our earlier point of saying now how important is the first goal you know are yes cer are certain teams much yeah. more reliant on scoring the first goal than than others well it could it could you've you've made me kind of just think thinking aloud here but you know one of the things we do is we we try to use the numbers to categorise the team's playing styles, don't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if we could try to combine the playing styles and the likelihood of coming back from conceding the first goal That's and see, see whether yeah. there is a correlation there that might yeah. sort of corroborate mm -hmm. the argument that I've just made about, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, or not. And, and that, those kind of things are quite interesting, I think, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, there you go, David. There's your next yeah. week. Well, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> better get started now then <laughs> that's it yeah <laughs> i know there was a there was a comment in the championship fans group where they'd been listening to talk sport and they i think talk sport was saying that the the championship was was pretty poor and and of poor standard and i think it was it was put into context a little bit more by someone who, who said no what they were actually saying was in relation to the premier league it's poor because teams struggle to to stay up and everything, but mm. I, don't, I don't think you can you can really judge something on its strength because of something else. You know, my my thoughts are the strength of the the championship is not just the the quality of the league, but the unpredictability of the league and the competitiveness of the league, and you know, all of those things come in because you you don't want to go to a you don't want to watch a film knowing. 99% of what's going to happen because that takes away the, the the drama, doesn't it? And the fun, you you don't want to know the twists and turns. Whereas I think if, if Manchester City, they expect to win 95% of their games, don't they? Mm. You know, that's yeah. going to happen. I don't think that you can say the same, you know, going in with Leicester or Leeds or Ipswich into a championship game thinking, well, they're 95% going to win that one. They're mm. the favourites, but really anything can happen, can't it? Yeah. You know, with, with, Rotherham nearly proving that the other night. So yeah, that for me is a, is a huge plus point for the championship is is the fact that it's so unpredictable. And as we're saying, now going into the last twelve games, still anything can happen. 
you know, you can still get a team come out of, of mid-table and end yeah. up in the Premier League. Absolutely. And I, I always think that, and maybe I've said this before, but I always sort of try to think right back to first principles and think, why do why do we watch football? Mm-hmm. And I think we watch football, most of us, most of the time as fans, watch it because of the drama. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we don't, if it wasn't, and, and the drama comes from the unpredictability, as you say. Mm-hmm. So if it's not if it's not unpredictable, or if it's predictable, there's no drama. Yeah. And if there's no drama, there's no entertainment. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, if if it was just purely for the technical quality and uh, and accomplishment of the players, everyone would watch the Champions League all the time and nothing else. Yeah. But you know, this week. 5,000 Maidstone fans travelled to Coventry mm-hmm. um, to watch their team play. Yeah. And it was because, and a lot of people, I guess, would have watched that game mm-hmm. as well because it was potentially, I mean, it didn't turn out that way, but it potentially had some drama attached to it. And I think that's the point. And you, you're right, really, because this this division has got plenty of unpredictability about it, and therefore I think that's got plenty of drama and therefore plenty of entertainment value. Mm-hmm. And when you lose that, as sometimes some leagues have been in the danger of, of doing, then I think it severely damages your, you know, your future prospects, yeah. really. If you if you if you end up with two or three or four teams dominating forever and everybody knowing that they're going to dominate then, you know, it's not good, is it? No, absolutely. I, as you were you were talking, I, I was thinking, you know, I've seen plenty of good films with relatively unknown actors and actresses in it. And I've seen some pretty good film, um, some pretty terrible films with top actors and actresses in it. And I think the championship's a bit like that. It's, you've got actors and actresses who might not be the best in the world, but the plot's amazing. You know, yeah. and the twists and turns, and it will keep you on the edge of your seat. And just when you think you know what's going to happen, a curveball will come and, and, and it will change it. And I'd much rather see that sort of film than one with, you know, Oscar winners in it, yeah. where it's just predictable and just trots out. And I kind of know exactly how it's going to formulate. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I, I, I agree. So there you go. Yeah. That's Hollywood and the championship linked together seamlessly. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect, Tom. Yeah, I could see how you were get, kind of gradually getting round to that. You, you've done a great job getting round to that. <laughs> Got there eventually. <laughs> nice one. Well, I think we'll end on that Hollywood-inspired theme uh, for episode 28, and we'll see you all next week for the next episode of Attacking the Championship. See you soon. Bye-bye.